Welcome to Kundalini Yoga and Meditation Confessions, the daily podcast where I share my experiences with the technology. My name is Ananda Savitri Carr, and I'm a Kundalini Yoga and Meditation teacher in Dallas, Texas. So I got some good news. It looks like the city might have approved my teaching proposal. It's hard to say because they didn't explicitly say, your proposal is approved. They just said, keep an eye out for this email sender. It's a contract for you to sign so we can continue moving you through this process. So they didn't explicitly say my proposal's approved, but I think it's sort of implied if they want me to sign a contract that it's been approved. But it's very exciting. This has been a long time coming. It took months just to hear from anyone the right process to get on the schedule or even apply. And then it took at least a month to get all the materials together for the application. Um, It didn't take very long for me to write my proposal. I feel like that was just waiting in my brain to be spit out on the page. I was so blessed that I had a proposal assignment for my writing class for my MBA. So it was just super easy to make that assignment for school work for this application. So I think my proposal is really great. I'm not surprised if they want to push it through quickly because I made a really good point about how this is so good for the community and ultimately it won't just save money for the city, but it'll create some income for the city as well. So, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but um, Texas ranks the worst for mental health Um, because a lot of Texans, I'm sure you know, we're very independently minded and a lot of us refuse to use health insurance because we don't buy into that system. Um, Texans have a lot of clarity on freedom and what's important. And the medical industry is not one of freedom. It's not actually about healthcare. It's about making money. And when you're in the quote unquote healthcare system, you're basically throwing a lot of money away. Uh, So you have to make a lot of money to make it worth it to throw a lot away on insurance. And then when you need it, suddenly then it can bankrupt you because the system is not meant for rational, freedom-minded people. So with mental health especially, you need to catch mental health early. You want to catch it in the phases where you can use holistic treatments and not let your mental health get so bad that you need to go to an inpatient facility, right? So... Kundalini yoga and meditation, I really made the point that, you know, knowing that Texans, most of them are uninsured and knowing that most of them don't have access to therapy, um, further that therapy doesn't really address the soul and pharmaceuticals don't address the soul of the person. Kundalini yoga and meditation does address the soul. And in fact, it addresses the soul to such a deep, intense extent that it's almost like surgery on your soul like you can start doing kundalini yoga and be like on death's door with your soul and come out of it after a few years of practice and be a completely changed person ready to engage in an in a daily active spiritual practice i mean it's just phenomenal the changes that can come in you from this practice so i just really made the point that you know a lot of the the cost to the city is poor mental health. Poor mental health leads to higher incarceration rates. It leads to higher arrest rates, higher um, just problems of all kinds. Like the city has to pay for all sorts of things 
when things go wrong with people. And most things that go wrong with people have a spiritual root to them. So by addressing the spirit of a person, you're really sort of hitting the nail on the head. And I made that point. And I cited a lot of studies. And I also brought in the religious thing. You know, a lot of Texans, like myself, have been damaged by religion. Um, We're all traumatized by the widespread scandals in all the faiths. But specifically the Southern Baptist Convention, I think, that came to light and affected a lot of people. And we're in the Bible Belt in Texas. A lot of us are Southern Baptists. A lot of us are Bible-believing Christians. But when you have that kind of trauma, you can't go in back into a church. Like, um, I think when I was only two years into my Kundalini Yoga journey, I was, I so badly wanted to reconnect with the faith. So my mom was like, well, why don't you just sit on the iPad with me and watch a service? And this was during the pandemic. So I was like, okay, yes, I love my mom. I love to spend time with her. Of course, I would love to have her sitting next to me and help me through this process. And just watching the service on an iPad, like I wasn't even in the church, I started getting hot my heart started to race. I couldn't control my thoughts. And I had been practicing kundalini yoga at this point casually for a year and very intensely for about six months. I had already done my teacher training. And I had the kundalini yoga prayer practice really firmly embedded in me. But still, all of that was not enough to make me feel safe and comfortable watching a church service on an iPad. I mean, that's crazy to think about, right? But that's how damaged I am. Or was. I'm not that damaged anymore. Now I can go to a church service and be fine. But, you know, this is three years later. I've done a lot more kundalini yoga since then. And that has given me the strength and the fortitude and the close relationship with God that I can separate God from the trauma of that church experience, even just watching it on an iPad. So I just, I really made the point that, you know, most mental health problems have a spiritual root and the pharmaceutical industry ignores that. Therapy ignores that. They don't, they don't deal with the soul of a person, but Kundalini yoga and meditation, it deals directly with the soul and it takes time to get the results. But over time, You can heal your root religious trauma and you can restore a relationship with God. And it's hard. I'm not going to lie. It's hard work. You got to really want to feel better. You got to want to feel better more than you want to be angry at religion. And if you're miserable enough, you can reach for that. (laughs) If you're not very miserable yet, you haven't hit your bottom. And that's something that they talk about with addiction a lot. And I think a lot of us who have religious trauma... We're sort of addicted to the drama of the religious trauma because it's it's in the global consciousness, you know? So many of us have it. And someone else who struggles with the religious trauma, they're going to be attractive to you. But both of you are just in a dramatic state about it, right? So recognizing that we're attracted to the drama in ourselves and in others and being willing to say, hey, I don't want the drama anymore. I just want to feel better. I don't care if that means that I might become a church lady again, which for me, that was really kind of scary to recognize that like, wow, I'm like a yoga person. I love to do yoga and meditate. I'm all about peace and love and joy. And I hated church and the church people and what that whole thing is for so long. But now I have healed so much that I can be both. And that's kind of scary because that's that's recognizing that there's a whole new reality out there waiting for me where I can both be someone who 
is in tune with my body and can clear and balance my mind and create space for God there. But I'm also someone who can sit in a pew at church and recognize that God is bigger and better than me and I can be humble. And that doesn't mean that I hate myself. That means I recognize where I fit in the grander scheme of things. I mean, that is, that's going to explode the brain of someone who's not ready for it. Someone who hasn't done a lot of kundalini yoga, they're not ready to even think about that. And I know that because one of my dearest friends is still deeply traumatized by the religion, not really interested in doing the yoga. And it's hard talking to her sometimes because I can, I can feel her pain because I used to be there. And I have made this whole journey through the kundalini yoga while I've been friends with her and she has stayed standing still. And it's hard to watch someone who's not willing to do the work. But for someone who is willing to do the work, it can change your life. It can, it can let you be a bridge between the church and the everyday reality of needing to live in your body and stay connected to your body and be connected to God. And that is one thing that's missing from most religions. The only way to connect with God outside of the church is through devotional practices that are mental. They're all just mental. It's reciting prayers. It's just the, the uniting of your suffering with the saints and um, other ascended master figures like that. And that, that's all a mental exercise. It's not a physical body exercise. In fact, most religions, the only physical body exercise is kneeling, which is very powerful. It's incredibly powerful to kneel, but kneeling is like a hardcore body detox. It's like a hot yoga class. It's really hard. You can practice at it and get really good at it, and you can have the right cushion to kneel on, but it's never going to be as enjoyable or life-giving as moving your body like in a yoga class, whether it's a regular ashtanga or a hot yoga class or kundalini yoga class. Those are just going to gonna add a much bigger dimension of good feeling into your body because of the variety, whereas kneeling is just kneeling. This is sort of a scattered podcast. All of this to say, <laughs> I had a really well-researched proposal. I turned it in. It looks like it might have been accepted now. And I could be signing a contract any day now and get classes on the schedule. And that's really, really exciting for me. Because I know we need healing. All of us do. And oh, what a pleasure to be able to deliver it.